This is Gray Man Media Content. In 79 AD, a Roman scholar described immensely strong Himalayan animals with human-like bodies. Chinese manuscripts from the 7th century mention hairy creatures similar to the Yeti. Alexander the Great demanded to see one when he conquered the Indus Valley in 326 BC. The tales changed from region to region across Asia, but in many places the beast was seen as a harbinger of death. Combination of man, animal, and demon, we travel to the roof of the world, where Wolf takes a bite out of the Yeti. I've climbed into the hills. I, I would, I'm romantic, I would like Bigfoot to exist. FBI, open up! One type is about three feet tall, very dark, not humanoid at all, yet lizard-looking. The creatures that I have seen mostly have been the, uh, the greys. To the search for truth, little grey men, little grey men from outer space who actually abduct humans. Oh, can we open with that? Welcome to another episode of Wolf Takes a Bite Podcast. He's back, baby. We're good. We're good. We're good. It's fine. <laughs> oh, you, you just needed half a second of the rock engine. And three, two, welcome back to another episode of Wolf Takes a Bite Podcast. I'm your host, John Wolf, here on video for the second time. Season. Three, Devin. And we are just getting better and better every time. I feel like today we're going to be taking a bite out of one of the most infamous cryptids in cryptozoology. It's a pretty big one. The Yeti! Oh, whatever noise the Yeti makes. Wait a second. <laughs> you, do you believe? But wait, wait, wait. Is that how the, how the yeah. show goes now? Yeah. I don't remember how the show goes. Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> We're in it now. Oh, we're in the game. Yeah. We're dipping our toes, as, as uh, the script may say. Yeah. yeah. So what's up, Devin? We're, we're, we're here. We're on video. We're on YouTube. We're on the tubes. Uh, and also, uh, wherever you're listening to this on podcast form. Yeah. Boob tube and audio tube. Hey, we're in 4K right now. We are in 4K. We're in 4K. Whoa. Oh, let's hope my shit doesn't break. Because <laughs> if something's going to fail, it's most likely my equipment. Yeah, it'll be rough. Yeah. We're going to be fine. Yeah, just cam on Devin the entire time. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Oh, no. no. <clears throat> uh, post-production note. Make sure every time Devin says anything, cut to Devin. As long as it makes sense, that's what I usually do, yeah? Cut to that. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm, I'm trying a new, a new uh, side saddle position here in the seat, so that way I could be more framed for you guys, so I look... Better on camera. For those of you who's just listening, John is sitting slightly adjacent to where he typically sits. Mm, yeah. So it's, uh, it's different. I like it. This is my spot now. They can't see your big arms though. Oh. There we they? go. There I mean, we go. There you go. It's pretty big. <laughs> Doesn't look as good without the Gray Man Media logo here. It would look side. pretty good. Let's get it tattooed. Yeah, I'm down actually. Really? I'd think about it. 
I'd definitely think about it. I'd think about it. Maybe maybe a couple more years in. If we get one million subscribers, I will get a tattoo. <laughs> if we, yeah, dude. Were you kidding me? <laughs> you know what? I take that back. If we get a YouTube silver plaque, I will get. What Rayman is that? Media, is that a hundred? Hundred fifty k. Hundred fifty. Yeah, we could do that, bro. We deserve that. I mean, we've already got our twenty. <laughs> I think it's thirty. Well, yeah, 30. Yeah, but this is on the Wolf Takes a Bite. This is exclusive to the Wolf Takes a Bite YouTube channel, not the regular Gray Man channel. Yeah. So this YouTube channel specifically mm-hmm. needs to have it. And then I'll get Wolf Takes a Bite tattooed on me. I'll get every logo tattooed on me if, if for, for, like, for each channel. So if we get 150K on the Gray Man, I'll get the Gray Man logo. If we get 150K on this one, I'll get the Wolf Takes a Bite logo. And if we get 150K on the Gray Man Gaming channel... I'll get the Gray Man Gaming logo. Oh, you, you better make sure that logo looks good. <laughs> they look pretty sick. I'm actually very happy with all of our logos. Do you have any tattoos? I've got one. What? I have one. It's a... Uh... Oh, I see. It says your mom. Yeah. He well, it says, mo- it says mom, not your mom. That would be... <laughs> no, the funny part is they think I was joking, but it really is it's right just here. mom on his arm. It's just, hold up. He got the most basic, stereotypical tattoo did, that you yeah. could possibly Yeah, get. but I, I changed it up a little bit. It's in green font. It's got a little bit of a flame going on. I do like see a, the flaming heart, a little bit of Magdalene Mary thing going on for you. It's got like the almost like the Liberty... Yeah. Um, yeah. The Statue of Liberty flame thing going yeah. at the top. No, no, it looks good. It looks good. It's because I love my mom a lot. She gets on my last fucking nerves sometimes, but oh my God, I got to text her back. Anyway, this is season three. <laughs> I haven't talked to her in three weeks. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, she texted me last. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. None it doesn't of this. Matter. Is, welcome to the show. Yeah, welcome to the show. Hey, you know what does matter? This awesome shirt that uh, you just realized you oh, can't fuck. buy. <laughs> I was just about to say, yo, that's sick. Where'd you get it? Oh, yeah. That was a limited run, and no one else can get that shirt. Unless we get enough special requests on the Gray Man Media Co. website. Hey, if you really want just saying. the merch, just go to graymanmediaco.com, uh, and you can go to the, mm. our store, and if, um, if that shirt isn't there, and that's the one you wanted, mm. let us know. Send us a message on the website specifically. <laughs> we will get it, and we'll well, we might consider. We'll consider doing a second run of this of this merch. It's pretty sick merch. It's pretty dope. I'm I'm very very happy with it. <clears throat> so, the Yeti. <laughs> right. Other words, the show we're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the snow version of Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Eskimo Bigfoot. Yeah, Eskimo Bigfoot. Yep. I like that. Yeah, the Himalayan Bigfoot. Yeah, snow snow Bigfoot. Snow leopard. Um. Uh. Well. <laughs> Snowball, snow uh, cones, a bottomedal snowman, a dominal. Mm-hmm. Yep, not saying that, that word. word. Today. <laughs> not saying it at all today. <clears throat> so <laughs> we're back, man. There's yeah. nothing to this, man. Uh-huh. This just comes natural for us. You know what I mean? I don't know why I have full bl- blown seizures before I get on camera. <laughs> so the Yeti. He said to me multiple times, I'm shaking. <laughs> the Yeti. Whoa. Once better known as the Abominable Snowman, is a mysterious bipedal creature said to live in the mountains of Asia. It sometimes leaves tracks in the snow. I mean, why wouldn't it? It's got big feet, I'm assuming. I'm just saying, like, how do you not leave tracks in the snow? Only sometimes? Unless you were floating. Man. <laughs> Add that to the theories. <laughs> but it is also said to dwell below the Himalayan snow line. Yet, 
The Yeti is said to be a muscular, covered with dark grayish and brownish reddish hair. Uh, it weighs between 200 and 400 pounds. In other words, about the amount of a gorilla. That's a big motherfucker. That's a big gorilla. Uh, <clears throat> it is relatively short compared to North American's Bigfoot, averaging about six feet tall. Bro. Uh, yeah. That's you. That is me. You're the abominable snowman. And the cold never bothered me anyway. I said, hello. <laughs> I said something on the uh, Bigfoot episode of season two. It was the uh, finale. If you haven't listened to that, go listen to it. Um, but imagine like, imagine a Yeti coming full clip at you. Mm-hmm. That 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 phrase itself um, <laughs> full terrifies clip. me. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> just full clip. Yeah, just coming, just crack, crack, crack. Man, like, you know, I, I imagine his like arms are like doing a thing. <clears throat> Probably not that much, but yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's rigid. I don't know. <laughs> Zomb- zombie style. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, it's relatively short, about six foot tall, though this is the most common form. Reported yetis have come in a variety of shapes. You know, squares, triangles. Of course. Of course. <clears throat> Diamond yeti. That's that's level 20. Yeah, that's uh, you have to be at a certain level. <laughs> to get the diamond it's yeti. It's very close to bedrock. We're back. To- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... There is no synchronicity. Or- this is supposed to be the serious part of the show. Hey! Let's get it together. <laughs> Damn. All right, serious music. <clears throat> now. Now the Yeti's... Damn it, which one am I on? Now the Yeti's history goes back centuries. In the 18th century, the Yeti was a part of the pre-Buddhist beliefs of several Himalayan people. He was told that Lekha people worshipped the glacier being, or as a god of the hunt. In the West, Yeti-like creatures long ago were reduced to myth. The abominable snowman... Take two. Abominable snowman... Take three. (laughs) (laughs) The abominable snowman is something... I finally said it! You nailed it, bro. Keep going. Sorry. The abominable snowman is something from Scooby-Doo episodes and or part of the latest installment of Hollywood's Mummies franchise. Was he in the mummy? No. To the mainstream science, the notion of Bigfoot is a little more than just a joke. But across the Himalayas, the beast was seen as real, known for generations in a half dozen countries from Tibet to Pakistan. It was a religion flush with wildlife where tigers, bears, and wild dogs, oh my, (laughs) roamed thick mountain forests and remote river valleys. Here, if nowhere else, the Yeti simply one more creature would exist. For Bhutan, a country barely noticed by much of the world, it became something even more. In a nation stumbling nervously into modern society, the hulking mountain beast was a publicly celebrated becoming a 20th century talisman against unbridled change and a link to ancient traditions. Stories of its travels were told by the king and top government officials. The Sakteng Yeah, I used the thing where it says translate. Don't remember them. 
<laughs> I got it though. The Sacting Wildlife Sanctuary, a national park, a very large national park, was created in part as a place to protect it. Once Bhutan bothered to set up a postal system in the early 1960s, it issued stamps honoring an animal that science insists does not exist. In a quote from one of their newsletters, everyone knew it was there. It was like the bears or leopards, but why would we question it? Said one elder from Bhutan. He remembers the darkness of the pine forest and the footprints and his terror when the creature began to howl. He remembers the stories of his childhood of a beast that stalked the upper reaches of the mountains and a fear spread through the valley every time it was spotted. In 1832, uh, we have a journalist who took an expedition to North Nepal where he and his local guide spotted a large bipedal creature. It was written off as an orangutan, but fast forward a few decades later and we have our first recorded evidence of a yeti, or as they were calling it, a yeti foot in 1899. But once we hit the 20th century, the Yeti began to break into the Western zeitgeist, likely due to the frequency of Westerners making determined attempts to scale the many mountains in the area. They would occasionally report seeing odd creatures or strange tracks. In modern times, when Westerners started traveling in the Himalayas, the myth became more sensational such as in 1921, a journalist named Henry Newman interviewed a group of British explorers who had just returned from Mount Everest expeditions. The explorers told the journalists that they had discovered some very large footprints in the mountain snow. And the guides that had attributed to the Metukagami, essentially meaning man-bear snowman, Newman got the snowman part right, but must have mistranslated Meto as filthy. He then he seemed to think that Adominable sounded even better and used a more menacing name in the paper. And since the legend was born. That's a Yeti, bro. It's a Yeti. It's a Yeti. So I, I have one thing that I want to say. Like, <clears throat> I don't know if the Yeti's real or not. I'm kind of undecided. Not like Bigfoot. Bigfoot, I'm pretty sure. There's there's some motherfucking Bigfoots rolling around out there. But I mean, check out my size 14. Yeah, that. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> But like the Yeti, like, why would they put it? Like there must have been, it must have been so so ingrained in the culture um, for them to put it on their postal stamps. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I could totally see that. But what I'm <laughs> definitely confused about is like, if you're... Okay, so you're excited about it. I get it. You know, you got a big monkey. Cool. We're going to put it on a postal stamp, though? Thank you for addressing me while you were speaking to me. Thank you so much. I I, I'm looking that. right at you, Devin. I don't you're know what you're You're not looking about. at shit. If you look at the camera, they won't know the difference. I think, they can, I think they can figure out that we're sitting at a table. Yeah, but they don't know you're not right across from me. You have... You have insulted <laughs> the intelligence of our viewers. It's aspect. But continue. Uh, that's pretty much all I got. I mean, okay, it's, cool. there must be 
if it was that ingrained in the culture, there must have been some kind of evidence, right? I mean, to a degree. I mean, as we go through this, we're going to definitely see there's a lot of back and forth with the U.S. government and with the Napoleon government. Mm -hmm. So, well, it, I was in Bhutan. Bhutan, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Himalayan. Yeah, just the Himalayan region. Yeah. Yeah. So no one is sure exactly how far back these stories actually go, though, in uh, modern lore. Or, I'm sorry, native lore. Uh, but in 79 AD, a Roman scholar, Pinley the Elder, described immensely strong Himalayan animals with human-like bodies. There's also Chinese manuscripts from the 7th century. Many mention hairy creatures similar to the Yeti. Some things were certain. It was tall, it was hairy, and it was very strong. It mostly lived in the high mountains and avoided people. Only a handful of yak herders might report sightings and with some regularity. But everyone knew it was out there, and they feared it. In Bhutan, most people called it the Migoi, or strong man. But it goes against any number of names across the Himalayas. Glacier man, snow goblin, wild man. I like snow goblin. That's really good. Snow goblin's pretty dope. That's pretty good. Yeah. If I was a creature, I would want to be named snow goblin. Yeah, you, you about that? I'm about it. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, what's up? I'm a snow goblin. I'm a snow goblin. <laughs> Yo, this new rapper name. <laughs> MC Snow Goblin. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to keep going or well, what was about to happen. I like it. Somebody coin it. <clears throat> to Westerners, though, it is known as the Yeti, a name believed to come from a Tibetan word for bear, and it has gripped outsiders' imaginations since reports of a strange Himalayan creature began filtering out in the mid-20th century. Mountaineers brought back many of the stories, telling of a strange footprints in the snow, of mysterious animals spotted walking on two legs, and tales of their reporters, or sorry, tales of tales there. I guess that's a typo. Porters told around campfires. Oh, they're porters. I get it. People who carry their shit. Hello. <clears throat> Just maybe. Some thought. There could be truth to these tales in the high Himalayas among the most isolated areas forbidding parts of the world couldn't something perhaps a species of gorilla or even a form of proto-human have hidden for centuries amid the crags similar tales have proven accurate before however in 1902 a German soldier proved that central African legends of enormous hairy mountain beasts were based in reality but Captain Robert von Brigg came home with proof and a body of a mountain gorilla that he shot. I believe that's your note. It is my note. Yeah, why don't you say it? Because I would like to talk about the fact that uh, civilizations didn't even know about gorillas until 1902, uh, which is six years before the Model T was built. I don't know if... You like if in the grand scheme of things that sounds nuts, but that's what it's talking about. Like humans didn't even know about gorillas. It was like a legend, and then we found proof of gorillas right around the time the Model T was built. To me, that's insane. So part of my deeper dive last night was on this subject. Mm -hmm. 
I get where you're coming from. And if you read only that, it is pretty mind-boggling. Well, no, no, no. Well, think of it in this context, right? That was within the last 120 years. Mm-hmm. We just discovered it. Think about what else could be out there that we don't know about. Think of it in that context. <clears throat> so the mountain gorilla was actually named Gorilla Gorilla Borlingi in honor of the captain. That was just a fun fact. How crazy is it that the gorillas were only discovered in 1902, Devin? Wow, I thought that was pretty interesting, too. I don't know. That was just really wild to me, but I don't know. I guess it wasn't that interesting. Fucking you, you. We can use the second take. Fuck off. Okay. So the Yeti hunt was on. In 1954, Britain's Daily Mail newspaper sent out a search party. In 1957, a Texas oil man took up the chase. And then three years later, Everest conqueror Sir Edmund Hillary searched along the Nepal and Tibetan border. Soviet expeditions followed, as well as TV crews and scientists and hucksters. There's been plenty of tantalizing clues have been found from footprints to hair, but science can explain most that often they turn out to be from bears. And five decades of searching have turned up no body, no high quality photographs. Eventually, even many fervent Yeti hunters See the truth in a more prosaic explanation. A famous Italian climber has spent years tracking Yeti stories across the Himalayas and even caught a glimpse of it a couple times. All evidence, as he wrote, points to a nocturnal species of brown bear. I don't believe that. I mean... Why would there be brown bears in the Himalayas? Well, brown bears is uh, similar to grizzlies in America. So, I mean, you're talking about big bears. Yeah, but everybody knows the belly bump of a bear. If you see a big, thin, skinny bear, I just don't see it now. Well, that, they were talking about, like, the hair and stuff. Oh, the okay. supposed The supposed uh, proof. Well, I mean, it could just be government cover-up saying that. You Absolutely. Know, whatever labs be. are doing the testing. Also, it could have been bears. It could be the labs. <laughs> Well, in Bhutan, Senge Wongkuk, a national director of conservation, Senge Wangchuk, a national director of conservation, knows what it is to wrestle with belief and science. He has a master's degree from Yale and a doctorate from the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology. Whoa. He's a scientist who oversees legions of rangers and researchers. His training tells him not to believe in something unless it has proof. But the Yeti stories run deep here, and denial means more than just casting off an old belief. When he talks about the Yeti, words stumble out in sentence fragments, trying to straddle the line between science and heritage. As he says, my parents, my village, they still believe. As a biological entity, it's very difficult to believe. But it's very difficult to say no. Confusing quote. So this man must... Let's be specific. This man of science has found a very unscientific middle ground. Telling people, let's not dig too much into it. Let's talk about it, but leave it at that. And not conclude, yes, it's there, or no, it's not there. 
In March of 1954, the Daily Mail printed an article which described expedition teams obtaining hair specimens from what was alleged to be Yeti scalp found in the monastery. The hairs were black, dark brown, and in color, and in dim light, a fox red in sunlight. The hair was obtained by Professor Frederick Wood Jones, an expert in human and comparative anatomy. During the study, the hairs were bleached, cut into sections, and analyzed microscopically. The research consisted of taking microphotographs of the hairs and comparing them with hairs from known animals such as bears and orangutans. Jones concluded that the hairs were not actually from a scalp. He contested that while some animals do have a ridge of, a ridge of hair extending from the uh, pat to the back, no animals have a ridge running from the base of the forehead across the plate and ending at the nape of the neck. Jones was unable to pinpoint exactly an animal from which these hairs were taken. He was, however, convinced that the hairs were not from a bear or an ape. Mm. But Devin, <laughs> here's the deal. Yeah. Okay. You might say, none of this is conclusive evidence. What kind of proof do you have for me? Well, Devin. What if I told you one of the world's leading superpowers has taken so much interest in the Yeti that they eventually funded an expedition to find indisputable proof of the beast? Which one? <laughs> you have no hair there. <laughs> because the Russian government took an interest in the Yeti in 2011. That's not, recent. Not long ago. That was 10 years ago and organized a conference of Bigfoot experts in Western Siberia. Whoa. Yeah. Bigfoot researcher and biologist John B. claimed that he saw evidence and that the Yeti not only exists, but also nests and shelters out of twisted tree branches. That group made headlines around the world when they issued that a statement that they had indisputable evidence of the Yeti and were 95% sure it existed based on some gray hairs found in a clump of moss in a cave. Now, sure, other scientists <laughs> on that same expedition may have argued that not only was there obvious evidence of tool-made cuts in supposedly Yeti twisted branches, but also the trees were conveniently located just off a well-traveled trail and hardly in a remote area at all. But that doesn't explain hair samples. And also, also, maybe Yetis use tools. I mean, come on. They wouldn't have lasted this long if they didn't know how to use a fucking tool. <laughs> Yeti tool? A Yeti tool. I mean, they got a cooler. <laughs> anyway, um... I don't know. What do you what do you think it's so far, man? I really like the angle when I was doing the research for this um for this part of the of the episode. I really liked the angle um of the guys from Bhutan who have like this anecdotal evidence mm -hmm. um and this kind of culture of believing in the Yeti. Well <clears throat> allow roughly five minutes of Tom Fullery right. Hello. 
You can't stop reading the format. Don't read the format part of the script. I think it's funny to do at least once an episode. <sighs> so, Tom Foolery. <laughs> well, that's it. Um, oh, great. <laughs> no, no. I, I, okay, so here's the deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are real. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, that's obviously conclusive evidence. We don't even need to go any further. The episode's over. But we will. Oh, but we will, yeah. And I have more evidence to prove it. But to listen to that, you're going to have to go to where a podcast can be found. Anywhere podcasts can be found. Thanks for watching, guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Later. Yeah. If you think I was telling some tall tales on this one... (laughs) Wait till you hear about my new show, Wolf's Tall Tales, available exclusively on the Wolf Takes a Bite YouTube channel. Yep, you gotta go check it out, guys. It's pretty good. You should. What we basically do is we take Reddit stories from some of our most enamored listeners, and we read those stories live. Well, well I'm alive. Re- yeah, you were... Some of the people in the stories weren't, though. Well, that they died. Crazy. Yeah, they died. Yeah, Man. so... I don't know if they're true or not, but what I do know, you should go check it out. <laughs> Available on the Wolf Takes My YouTube channel. Yep, go there. And now back to your regularly scheduled programming. All right, so now we're into the episode again. Welcome, audio listeners only, the non-muggles. This is the Bigfoot picture. Can you be sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> looks a little snowy. It looks like somebody ran it through a couple uh, filters. Anyway, so now I'm a madman. In front of you is a Bigfoot footprint. It says Dyatlov footprint. Yeah, Russia. The Yeti's in Russia. Which is, is where one of the most bizarre things you've ever said to me in my life. Yeah, Russia. The Bigfoot or the Yeti is in Russia. There's multiple Yetis. Uh, I mean, there'd have to be, right? Yeah. So, like, for instance, in 2013, Oxford scientist Brian Sykes put out a call to all Yeti believers and instructions around the world claiming to have a piece of Yeti hair, teeth, or tissue taken from a sighting. He received 57 samples, 36 of which were chosen for DNA testing, according to the University College of London, UCL. These samples were then compared with the genomes of other animals and stored on a database of all published DNA sequences. Most of the samples turned out to be from well-known animals, such as cows, horses, bears, whatever. Uh, However, Sykes (laughs) did find that two of the samples, one from Bhutan... And the other from India were 100% match for the jawbone of a Pleistocene polar bear that lived sometime between the years of 40,000 and 120,000 years ago, Devin. 120,000-year-old jawbone from a burr. Burr. A period of time when the polar bear and closely related brown bear were separating as or separating as species. According to the BBC, Sykes thought that the samples was probably a hybrid of a polar bear and a brown bear. However, two other scientists, Sirdwin Edwards and Ross Barnett, conducted a reanalysis of the same data, and they said that the sample actually belonged to a Himalayan bear, 
a rare subspecies of the brown bear. Their study results were published in a Royal Society journal, Proceedings of the Royal Society. Another team of researchers, Ronald H. Pine and Elisir E. Gutierrez, also analyzed DNA and also concluded that there is no reason to believe that Sykes or came from anything but ordinary brown bears. And in 2017, yet another team of researchers analyzed nine Yeti specimens, including bone, tooth, skin, hair, and fecal samples collected from monasteries, caves, and other sites in the Himalayas, in the Tibetan Plateau. They also collected samples from bears in the region and from animals elsewhere in the world, just as a comparison. Of the nine Yeti samples, eight were from Asia black bears, Himalayan brown bears, or Tibetan brown bears. The ninth was from a dog. True believers, undeterred by these, the lack of hard evidence despite decades of searches doesn't deter true believers. The fact that these mysterious creatures haven't been found is not taken as evidence that they don't exist, but instead how rare, reclusive, and elusive that they are. Like Bigfoot, a single body would prove that the Yeti exists, but there is no amount of evidence that can prove that they don't exist. For that reason alone, these animals, real or not, will likely always be with us. Some Yetis, dog. Mm -hmm. Some motherfucking Yetis moving around the Himalayans doing Yeti shit. So in the 1970s, Devin, the FBI got involved in this Bigfoot expedition. Specifically, some of these examinations are as such, and these might be a little bit out of order because I didn't really number them. I should have, but it's okay. Laboratory examinations and inquiries concerning the Bigfoot Information Center and expedition or Dalisi's origin. So, dear Mr. Brain, uh, one of the researchers, I have received your letter of November 24th requesting an FBI laboratory analysis of the 15 identified hairs and tissue. The FBI laboratory conducts ex examinations primarily of physical evidence for law enforcement agencies in connection with criminal investigations. Occasionally, on a case-by-case -case basis, the interest of research and scientific inquiry to make exceptions to this general policy. With this understanding, we will examine the hairs and tissue mentioned in your letter. They should be submitted to the FBI Laboratory Scientific Analysis Section um, at the J. Edgar Hoover Building in Washington, D.C. Attention to Special Agent Redacted. Oh, good. Here good. we go. There's a lot of redactions. So as you can see right there. So what, okay, so just real quick for, for the people who are just listening, they can't view this, although we could probably put this up on Instagram, but just in case. I was hoping to do this kind of stuff in the video portion, but it would just. It'll be fine. In that way. We'll, well, yeah, yeah, well, obviously. But when we put up uh, the Instagram advertisement for this episode, we can attach these also. Sure. Um, what are, where did these files come from and what, what are. What? These are direct copies that were scanned. Um, by the researcher, uh, what was his name again? I just read it. Uh, this guy, Brian Sykes. Brian Sykes. Okay. So Got it. This is all <clears throat> about him. Now, I, because when I was looking at this and I saw his mentioned in some of the notes that you put together, I was like, well, this guy did a lot, but there's not much information on it. So I started doing some digging and I found all this. Okay. So let's go to that's Yeti Docs. Let's go to the Yeti Doc 2. 
I did number them. I'm smart. <laughs> so this is the Bigfoot Information Center and Expedition. This is a, uh, another letter from the FBI to him. Now, they changed their, their format here quite a bit. So this is exactly from Mr. J. Cochran, Jr., Assistant Director of the FBI, Laboratory Division, FBI, Washington, D.C., dated November 24th, 1976. Dear Mr. Cochran, I thank you for your letter of September 10th in 1976. I am writing again to ask if you could possibly arrange for a comparative analysis of some hairs that we have here, which are unable we are unable to identify. You may know something of the program in which, though, the part of the sponsorship of the Undetermined Academy. He's rever- and by this point, he's just referring to the special case uh, thing that we read in the previous letter. Okay. Uh, briefly, we do not often come across hair which we are unable to identify, and the hair that we have now is as such. Uh, about 15 hairs attached to a tiny piece of skin. Is this the first that... Oh, is the first that we have obtained in six years, which we feel may be of importance. So that's him replying to the FBI. And then this is the FBI's notes. Now, this is a little hard to read, but this is a picture that he attached. Recognition at last. That's, uh, the, that's the Bigfoot image. That is a Bigfoot image. Now, again, the Yeti and Bigfoot are basically the same creature. But, but why would this... This is this is in relation to hair to the Yeti, not Bigfoot? Yes. Why would he attach something that's... When, when did this happen? 1976. When was that video captured? <clears throat> I'm do you not remember, sure. Do you remember what that video... <clears throat> I don't. I'm just wondering if this is a falsified document. Well, <clears throat> I thought the same thing, but in I mean, some of these notes, the, this is another letter from him to the FBI. Uh, from time <laughs> to time, we have been informed that Harris supposedly, he reefed Mr. Peter C. Bryan from the FBI. Reference is made to your letter dated August 26, 1976, concerning the reported examination of Harris from the FBI laboratory. Since the publication of the Washington Environmental Atlas, in 1975, we have referred to such ex- examinations, and we have several inquiries similar to yours. However, we have been unable to locate any reference or such examinations in our files. So, uh, the Patterson, the Patterson Gimlin film uh, of the Bigfoot mm-hmm. was in 1962. Okay, um, and it's the the picture that was attached was frame 352. You can see that's a similar frame, yeah. I mean, it's the exact same picture. I'm just wondering why he would attach something that's known to be, like, Bigfoot-related. Because I think there's a lot of similarity. But it was in Northern California, and we're talking about a beast that's, you know, Himalayan, Russian. Well, I think proving one could prove the other. That might be the theory behind it, really. Okay. All right. So, again, this office has been redacted. There's a lot of notations on a lot of this, but they have different date stamps, so these have been notarized. All of these documents cannot be forged. There's no way. But it I mean, does have assistant director be. of the FBI laboratory division. The names, all of the documents are consistent with each other. Uh, the signature at the bottom here is always consistent. Um, it, there's, I had a lot more in those notes. I'm trying to find the one that I was really excited about. Here it is. United States Government Memorandum. Okay. Purpose. 
to set out background information concerning published reports that the FBI has analyzed hair in connection with the search for Sasquatch, a.k.a. Bigfoot, a.k.a. Yeti, and to recommend that request his hair examination has been received. Uh, synopsis. Uh, FBI laboratory examination of 15 identified of hairs and tissue related is to search, is to search for Sasquatch. Yeah, that's hard to read. So that's what I'm that's what I'm getting at. It looks like this is documentation about Bigfoot, which I understand what you're getting at, that they're probably, you know, within the same species or at the very least they're related, um, at least the way that we understand it. Um but this seems to be more evidence towards the Bigfoot. Which is it's dope that we have it, but So interestingly enough, there was quotes taken out of there this is only like twelve pages out of right. two hundred. Right. So I didn't go deep with the screenshots. I thought we'd just use them as screenshots. So what we're what we've been looking at is I had um, notes, <clears throat> yeah, obviously, um, what we're what we've been looking at for those just listening. Obviously, you're just listening, but um, it's photocopies that have been uploaded to the internet. Um, it looks like there there was some kind of study that was funded by the FBI about uh, specifically Sasquatch and or Bigfoot and. I guess you're trying to tie that to the fact that those they're probably related species, but it looks legit. I mean, not to say that, I mean, you can fake anything these days, but it does look pretty legit. Yeah. I don't really have any kind of expertise in this kind of stuff, but it does look pretty, pretty legit. I would imagine that's probably what documents from the seventies would look like from the FBI. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a couple, Oh, that's not good. Whoa. <laughs> There is a couple other things in here. Uh, for instance, I have this clip. <clears throat> this is the Yeti Hunters Club. Oh, my God. Why would he be touching it with his own hands? Oh, this is the Russian bullshit. Yeah, the scientists in Russia. See, I have a theory about the about the, the scientists in Russia. Mm-hmm. I think that that might have been like Russia trying to, you know, flex its own nonsense. You know what I mean? Everybody was hopping on board. I know. I know. And that's like the... The intelligence community in both Russia and America around this time period was always trying to, like, one-up each other in literally everything. <clears throat> and the, you see that in a lot of so, so like Yeah, yeah. Stuff. So, like, like early 60s, like, there's footage of a Bigfoot found in America, and then, like, it's just a coincidence that a decade later that Russia finds a similar being. Look at that guy. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, that was a decade after our Bigfoot thing. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, that is that is a compelling map right there. Mm-hmm. What what we just looked at, uh, you know, just a few seconds ago, it was, um, it was a, a, a map of the, of the world, and it kind of had, like, um, it, it had, like, a, a zone marked out in paint as to where this species, and you see this kind of map, in a lot of like species maps where it kind of paints over where this species would supposedly live. And if you look at where I would assume the longitude and latitude is, it's very similar. That's actually pretty compelling right there. So again, relating to that, they're calling the Yeti. This mm-hmm. is the, this is the, the theory. It could just be, yeah, it could just it's be the one. same creature. Yeah. And also of the same species. Anyway, contrary to uh, pop culture, the Yeti is mm-hmm. not a white covered snow beast. 
it's actually been noted that a lot of the sightings it's have like, reported a brown hair. It looks just yeah. like Bigfoot. It is yeah. Bigfoot. It's just called a Yeti because in the Himalayas. And you know what's also interesting to think about is um, grizzly bears are brown bears, but in North America, we have the largest ones. Mm-hmm. We have grizzlies are the largest brown bear, and they they do have brown bears in in Russia, but they're a smaller, you know, species. Yeah. So that could explain out. why the the quote unquote yeti could be a similar species as our Bigfoot, but it could be a smaller version of it. And specifically in the notes of sightings, they do state that the yeti has been reported to be smaller than the North American Bigfoot, which would make I mean, just for how species evolve, whatever made the brown bear kind of shrink in comparison to whatever made the, the the ones in North America larger would probably have the same effect on a Bigfoot. So it, yep. it kind of tracks. Well, like remember that genealogy report where they were talking about that the brown bear and the snow bear or uh, polar bear or whatever, uh, there's yeah. a cross species split that caused them to be different, different species. Yeah. This could be the in-between. No. Yeah. Link. Uh, I don't know about that. Cause bears are, cause this is more mammalian and, well, if an alien got with a brown bear, an alien, I'm saying is like hominid. the The whole cross gen of hominid or the missing link that's that's a whole other episode. I, of the yeah, I, I would. I'd be more willing to to assume that maybe these are just gorillas, but like a. I mean, yeah, cl- like what only you're saying. Bipedal. They don't walk around like gorillas. They well, I mean, we evolved to do it, right? Yeah. So, again, a good, finding proof of either one of these would be proof of evolution of humankind, too. I mean, we already have plenty of evidence supporting that. But but there, scientifically, there's nothing that says that this can't be a thing, is, right. is the whole thing. And if you, I guess, I agree with what you're saying. If, you, if you're going to go to, like, believe in Bigfoot or whatever, this this right here, that works. And uh, as far and as and it's very remote in all the areas that it like sub, Siberia, the Nordic countries. Uh, it's it's in like the middle of where nobody lives. Yeah, it could work. And this is what I was saying about the gorillas: is that it was gorillas were the mountain gorillas were found in an area that was so not traveled and not explored, and that's the reason we only found them they in the last the hundred. Is to find them. Well, they and they only found them in, within the last hundred twenty years, which. And they, that's because they decided to explore that region. No one's really explored this region. There's nothing that says that these things can't exist. Exactly. It's very it's very interesting. That's what I'm saying. So the hair samples and everything like that. <clears throat> I don't yeah, know we about We might that. not be grabbing the right ones, but it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. No, yeah. No, there's no proof that says these things can't exist. There's no, I don't think there's any kind of solid evidence that it does exist other than just, you know, theory. Yeah. I'm sad I had don't I had a larger section prepared for that, but that's okay. What else you got? Well, I thought I would close this out. Okay. How are we on time? No, no, no. we're we're about right where we right need where to be. Right where we need to be. Yeah. Oh, there goes the computer. That works. Whoop whoop. <laughs> um, I lost have, lights too. <laughs> wonderful. I have six facts here. Let me unhook all this. Make some table room. Okay. So I have uh, six interesting facts about the Yeti because, damn it, Devin, I'm all about the facts. <laughs> if there's anything you're known for. Exactly. They're going to say, oh, yeah, that guy, he definitely knew a lot of facts. That's what it'll say on your gravestone. I hope. <laughs> it'll say, here lies John Wolf. date to date, 
and it'll say <laughs> it'll say just the facts, and that's it. It won't it won't say anything else. <clears throat> I hope my date to date actually is left open because I want to be eternal. I don't think that's typically how they do it. But. I never, I never, I'm never going to disappear, Devin. I'm always here. I've always been here. I'm going to be cremated. I'm, I don't, don't put me in the ground, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Viking funeral for me all the way. <laughs> Whoa. That's the only way I want to go. Or you can shoot me into space. That'd be sick. I oh, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you might come back alive. Who knows? Aliens. aliens. Mom, bro. DNA. So here's some evidence that I have that actually proves the Yetis exist. Oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, just the facts. Here we just go. Just the facts. The Nepalese and U.S. governments have regulated Yeti hunting. <laughs> Why would they do that? That, that is, yeah, yeah. If it didn't exist, Devin. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you've got three basic ground rules. In 1959, the U.S. Embassy memo states that American citizens need special permits before they can legally start tracking Yetis inside Nepal. Also, while photographs and live captures are A-OK, killing them is a big no-no. Quote, exception, an emergency arising out of self-defense. So, literally just shoot it and then just say it attacked you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, any evidence that turns up, including live specimens, specimens, must be immediately handed over to the Nepalese authorities, not the U.S. government. Well, it's in their country. That makes sense. But I'm sure Nepal and the U.S. I don't know how their foreign. I don't know how the foreign relations are between them, but I'm sure that they would. I think we're pretty good. They're probably close. Actually, they're not close with China at all. China is trying to. Well, let's not get into geopolitics here. Right. <laughs> I had known nothing about that. Um. Here's another proof. Fossils have been found as recorded evidence and mm. do show that there were giant prehistoric <clears throat> apes that did, in fact, roam the Asia continent. That's, yeah, sure. Giantopithecus is a genus of a massive simonins, which fossils have been found throughout China, India, and Vietnam in the heyday. These guys would have made a silverback gorilla wet himself when they looked at them in size. We're I, talking 12 <laughs> foot, 600 pounds, nothing but beefcake, muscle, and hair. Bro, imagine. Imagine a fucking silverback gorilla pissing itself. Certain species of this um, gi gi gigantic weighed an estimated of 1,100 pounds <sighs> and can stand over nine feet tall. Giantocopithecus likely died around 300,000 years ago, supposedly. Bro, it's just easier to put the bullet in your own head at that point. Eleven hundred—that's that more than an elephant. And it's and it's all muscle. Imagine him coming at you full clip. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to. You I imagine the strut? Eleven hundred pounds. Strut. Each <laughs> footstep sounds like a T Rex coming full gallop. <laughs> yep. No, quick, quick question. This mm -hmm. is a Google thing you need to do. Okay. How much did a T Rex weigh? Oh, tons. Literally tons. So eleven hundred pounds is almost one ton. Elephants are two tons, right? Uh, Unless you get the four a by T -Rex four. T Rex would have been anywhere between eleven hundred to fifteen hundred, five hundred pounds. So uh, the same weight as a T Rex. What? It was eleven hundred. It was yes. eleven thousand. Oh, you said eleven hundred. No, I didn't. Uh, Asian elephants, which are the smallest of elephants, are around 8,800 pounds. So not quite, but, mm. I mean, you got to remember, 
this would be full muscle. Yeah. Yeah, you're Nine fucked. foot tall. Yeah, you're, no, just put the bullet in your head. It'll be easier. <laughs> I don't think you're stopping that. Yeah, no, dude, just end it. You don't want to feel whatever that thing's going to do to you. you had, and also, here's another one. Yetis are usually cited as having dark hair. Yeti movies, air quotes, yes, that's a genre, almost <laughs> always throw the shaggy white primates at the U.S. This contradicts the lion's share of accounts provided by most so-called eyewitnesses <laughs> who overwhelmingly describe them as brown or reddish brown. Yeah, I, I mean, that's probably just because of like, like because the, they live in the Himalayas, we like to believe that they have like some kind of camouflage. That evolutionarily speaking, doesn't really pan. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, especially that would be an apex predator. There would be no reason for it to evolve camouflage unless it's smart, dampens its fur, and rolls around in the snow to get it. Well, wet. that yeah, that can make sense. Yeah, that that I mean that would show really good strong prefrontal cortex. Whoa. Yeah. Big brain? <clears throat> Yeti big brain tools? Big brain. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yetis could be on snowmobiles. Snowmobiles? <laughs> That's why they're so hard to find and track. Mm. What if they can fly, Devin? Bro. <laughs> what if the reason we can't find any footprints is because they float? <laughs> Fucking wild. Only when they hold their breath. Yeah, that sure. Why not? That's why the tracks stop suddenly. It's because they they have air sacs, so they breathe in. Well, they're they're obviously you know from higher regions and altitudes, so it, theoretically they could create helium inside of their body. No, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but that is an interesting point, though, because of the elevation, they would need more advanced lungs to be able to breathe the thinner air. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't make. Why would that? So, all right, hear me out. Are we cracking this one right over? No, this doesn't make, no, because that's actually, this is actually proof against it. So the reason insects were so, like, they were massive, you've, you've heard of, like, the giant centipedes and stuff from the <clears throat> prehistoric. Oh, God, horrifying. Yeah, like, big, as big as buses. The reason that yeah. was is because insects get, they, they breathe through their exoskeleton. Mm -hmm. And the reason that they were so large back then was because air was really, really, like, CO2. It was rich. Yeah. Yeah. So... And, and that's just kind of how, th like, animals work. The more air and food that they can get, the larger they tend to be. Well, the oxygen levels in that time were a lot higher than they are now. That's what I'm saying. So if it existed now, it would, like, it wouldn't want to be that big. It would honestly probably get smaller over time. It would, yeah. Which, again, does kind of make sense because in North America, the elevation is, while not low, but it's much lower than the Himalayan area, which would, again, make sense as to why the Himalayan Bigfoot slash Yeti would be sm a smaller version than the so North American So if it one. is just the last remnants of the giant sure. then or some over these past hundred thousands of years, it could have gotten, gotten smaller. smaller. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Now, we already know that where the uh, abominable snowman name came from while trekking around Mount Everest in 1921 British Lieutenant Colonel Charles Henward Burry spotted huge footprints that were roughly three times the size of a normal humans and these his guides announced had been left by something called the Metakakakami yeah talked about that earlier mm -hmm. and it was a mistranslation because he wanted it to sound cool true yeah <laughs> fucking white people well he called it filthy because he mistranslated it, and then he yeah, said, yeah. Oh, abominable sounds cool. oh yeah abominable abominable oh 
<laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Uh, Stop. <laughs> that was terrible. No. T- 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 no. <laughs> you ain't full Christopher Walken on me again. I'll tell you one right thing. No. Right now. That's bad. Yeah. Uh, can we get Eric back on the show for these impressions for Obama? Thanks. <laughs> he does really good. It's not bad. It's really good. Yeah. Um, Yeti sightings have been reported in several different countries. For instance, China, India, Nepal, Tibet, and Bhutan, Russia, and all are members of the international We Might Have Yetis Club. T-shirts <laughs> pending. <laughs> boo! Boo! This one, actually, I found the most interesting, and that's why I wanted to kind of save it for pretty much last. Devin, you're a fan of uh, It's a Wonderful Life? No idea what that is. It's almost Christmas, and uh, a lot of people, and especially the 40s and 50s, would watch It's a Wonderful Life on TV. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, Jimmy Stewart's wife actually smuggled a Yeti finger into the U.S. A finger. Finger. Yes, you read that correctly. She was married to Jimmy Stewart, as in the star of It's a Wonderful Life. Here's what went down. In 1959, adventurer Peter Byron, the guy we talked about, Mm -hmm. visited the Himalayan Patagbochi Temple, where where a severed Yeti's hand was also said to reside. Carefully, he removed one of its fingers and replaced it with a human double. That's illegal. (laughs) That he'd been given to by the British primatologist William Osman Hill for for this exact purpose. Now, after making a clean getaway, Byron's team sent their digit back to the UK with some help from an unlikely partner. It turned out that Jimmy and Gloria Stewart were hunting in India at the time and would be stopping in London before heading home. Once Byron paid them a visit, he convinced Gloria to slip the finger into her lingerie case, which no customs official would dare to open at that time. Thanks to the Stuarts, the finger safely made its way to Hill and has been stored at the Royal College of Surgeons ever since. Ultimately, however, Byron's work was in vain, and geneticists recently concluded that the prize steel was actually human. That's illegal! (laughs) They broke the law! Yeah. Yeah. As the British are out to do. Oh, so the last one I have for you is the Cold War raised the stakes for Yeti researchers. I was saying that. I fucking knew it. In 1958. Fucking Cold War bullshit. Saw 1958 saw American and Soviet teams both embarking on organized hunts for these beasts. And it's quoted, it is now an international race for the Yeti and cryptozoologists in the, around the world. Gerald Russell, who led the U.S. campaign, was part of this team. Everybody was trying to just jump on the train. Dude, fucking superpowers, bro. Now, here's my theories. Talking points. A, ancient myth. B, misidentified bear or ape. Or, recent sightings have been a complete hoax. Aliens? (laughs) I don't know. But I'm sure we can make the connection. There really is unidentified humanoid animal living sparsely populated areas of the Asian continent. We just have to prove it. something man yep this has been wolf takes bite out of the yeti (laughs) and as always you can follow me on facebook instagram and twitter at wolf takes bite pod uh leave us a rating and comment on this show really helps us bring you the content we want to make you and of course this episode (laughs) is brought to you by gray man media you can find us at greenmanmediaco.com 
And while you're there, check out our store and send us pictures of the latest Gray Man swag. Keep your eyes open for more What Takes a Bite content and subscribe to the YouTube channel for even more of your favorite shows. I love you guys and remember, question everything and we'll see you on the next one. Season three. Bom, 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 bom.